guys can be seated. Well, we're going to pick up in our uh, series, and we're called it the, the Spirit is called the Holy Spirit, and we've been walking through different job descriptions or job responsibilities of the Holy Spirit, and the week one I kind of laid out all four of them, the four major ones, and today I want to talk a little bit more about He leads us, He teaches us, and He guides us, because you know what, as leaders... As moms, as dads, as men, as women, and every, like I said, this message is for everybody, including specifically for fathers as well, that he leads us, the Holy Spirit leads us, and I will look at some scriptures that helps us to be able to rely on that promise. The first one is John 14, John 14, verse 15 through 17, John 14, verse 15 through 17, it says, if you love me, keep my commands, and I And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth. He will abide with us forever, the Spirit of truth, giving us what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. Whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Each and every one of us, as God has called us to some sphere of influence that you have. He has put you in some sphere of influence. And what he's saying is to this is he is there to lead us and to guide us, to speak to us, to show us the way. John 14, 26. I'm going to skip that one back there, Tim. Go to the next one. John 14, 26 says, but the helper, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name... Our Heavenly Father has sent us a helper to be better fathers. Our Heavenly Father sent us a helper to be better mothers. Our Heavenly Father sent us a helper to be better employees, to be better children, to be better whatever it is. He sent the Holy Spirit to be able to help us. He's called the helper. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. Come on, church. This is the job description, part of the, Holy, the, part of the job description of the Holy Spirit. So me may be sitting here saying, man, I, I've not been a good father. I've made some mistakes. Well, guess what, guys? Join the club. We've made mistakes. But he redeems. He restores. And it's never too late. It's never too late. He is calling each and every one of us to action because it's never too late. So I was able to attend the uh, men's conference yesterday uh, called Man Up, and it was put on, it's out of Pittsburgh, uh, but they, they simulcasted it here, we were able to watch it in the Rose Center, I think it was about 14 or 15 of us men watching it yesterday, and as I was watching it, it was like they were preaching my message. The guy got up and he started talking about all the stuff I'm talking about today, and I was like, hey, look at this. This is great confirmation. So I'm happy to see that some of the men who were there yesterday actually came back this morning, because I think I told you guys yesterday, I was just like, hey, you know, you kind of already heard the message, but I encourage you to come back anyway, because of course I'll deliver it in a little bit different fashion than what was said. But here's what, something I want you guys to understand. I truly believe that one of the biggest issues in America next to us needing Jesus is that fathers are either absent from the home or they're just not existence in the, in the home at all. Disengaged and absent fathers is absolutely one of the biggest challenges that we have in this country. And they started giving some statistics, and I had some of my own, and I'm going to combine them with some of the ones from yesterday. 
You know that 71% of dropouts come from homes that don't have a father figure. 71% of teen pregnancies from a home without a father figure. 85% of the youth that are in prison are from homes that don't have a father figure. 90% of the homeless and runaways are from homes that don't have a father figure. Men, our role is so critically important. And even if you're stepping up within your own family, there are families out there who do not have, there's children out there who do not have father figures in their life. And I believe that God will be, he will lead you, the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you to those families that need a father figure in their life. I can't believe, when I read these statistics, I can't believe how important this stuff is. I said, Lord, what do you want me to share? This is so important. How do you want me to share it? And he gave me a scripture, John 5, verse 19, starting in verse 19. It says, Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. And the Lord just really began to speak to me. He said, I was the model. When Jesus was on this earth, God the Father was the model. Do you know, men, that you are the model for your family? And he asked me this question. If Jesus did everything that the Father did, and acted, and talked, and spoke, and did what the Father did, what if our children only did, and acted, and said what we said as the Father figure in the home? And I was just like, oh man. (laughs) Really? But guess what, guys? I have found this to be true. I have found this to be true in my own home. That my children are a reflection of us. This, moms, this goes for you guys too. Our children are a reflection. When we see something in our children that we don't like, guess what? We probably should look in the mirror because they're usually, almost 90% of the time, reflecting something back to us that's in us. And that we're looking at ourselves going, ah, I don't like that in them. Yeah, because you don't like that in yourself, and that's why you see it. And so it's a reflection that comes right back at us. What if our families only did and said what they saw us do and say? As a leader in business, as a leader, what if your employees acted and did and said only what you acted and did and said? Wow. What a reality to begin to think about. You know, God gave me, this was a while back, he gave me four things that he was going to hold me accountable to when I meet him face to face. And I encourage you to ask that same question. It may not be four things, it may be one thing, I don't know, but wouldn't it be nice to know what Jesus is going to ask you about when you meet him face to face? (laughs) I was like, I want to know this. And so I asked him, 
And the very first thing he said is said, did you do it together? Meaning, this life that I've called you to, did you do it together with your wife? And then he said to me, did you develop your kids in me and in their talents? Did you develop your children in me, meaning in him, and in their talents? And then he said, did you share what I've shown you, this is number three, in marriage and parenting and leadership? And then he said, number four, did you give above and beyond what you could ever ask, think, or imagine? And as I was looking at those things, God put them in godly order. Of course, my relationship with him is first, but the very first thing he's going to ask me about is my marriage. He's not going to ask me about how I led this church. That's not the first thing he's going to, he's going to hold me accountable to that, but that's not the first thing he's going to ask me about. He's going to ask me about this relationship right here. How did this go? Did you do what I've called you to do here? Then he's going to ask me about the church, my calling. No, he's going to ask me about my children. Did you train them up? Did you develop them in me, meaning in him, in his ways, and in the callings that I have placed on their life? And then, only then, will he start asking me about the actual calling that he gave me or the job or the things that he asked me to go do here on this earth. First my marriage, then my kids, then the calling. So I've been wrestling with this definition of leadership. And I'm going to give you guys what I believe is, I'm going to call this PJ's definition of leadership. Pija is Pastor Jason Ackerman. In the office, we're known as Pija and Pila. That's right, Pija Pila. It's easy for people to say it's quick and easy. We usually sign our emails that way as well. So this is Pija's definition of leadership. And I believe it applies to each and every one of us. I want you to listen to what I wrote down. It is to provide direction. And by direction, I mean vision, I mean hope, and expectations. It is to provide direction, resources, which is training, money, whatever it might be, and remove roadblocks. Listen to this. Part of leadership, part of leading in your family, part of leading in your home, is to remove the roadblocks that are in front of your employees, in front of your children. For those who are in your realm of influence... So they can be effective today and can fulfill their calling tomorrow. Our job as a leader is to provide direction, resources, and to remove roadblocks so that those people who are in our realm of influence, wherever they might be, can be effective today and be moving towards their calling for tomorrow. I mean, this is what leadership is. I know there's so many books that are written about it, and there's so many things that goes into this sentence, and what this looks like, and what this means, and I want to talk about three things of what I believe this means this morning, and what it means for each and every one of us, because guess what? You guys are all leaders in some way, shape, or form. Leadership is not a title. If you notice how I say it, it's who is in your realm and sphere of influence, There are people that I've worked with that have been bigger and better leaders than those who are two levels above them. Because they understood this principle. 
Fathers, we need to understand this principle to provide direction, but the resources for our family, to remove roadblocks for our family, to do what? To get our family to be able to be effective in working towards their calling. Where God has them going, where he has them placed. And I really feel like the Lord just began to share with me, you know, we, we call Jesus as the good shepherd. And as a, as a pastor of a church, we are kind of his under-shepherds. But you know, as leaders, you are the shepherd of those that God has placed in your sphere of influence. Especially fathers, men. You are the shepherd, the chief shepherd of your home, of your house. So I have three things. The very first one that we need to do as leaders, as fathers, as mothers, as employees, as, as, uh, as employers, number one is to value your people. Value your people. Romans 12, 10 says this. It says, Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another. Are you valuing the people who are around you? Are you valuing the people in your home? What do you mean by value them? Do their feelings actually matter? When they speak, will you take a moment to actually listen to them? When they want to share something that is from the bottom of their heart, will you blow them off or will you take a minute and listen to them? Will you treat them if they are one of God's children? When we value something, we take care of it. Do we not? If you truly value something, you're going to take care of it. You're going to try to keep it safe. And what I found ultimately about trying to keep something safe is that ultimately it's in God's hands. And so we value it and we want to protect it, but ultimately God is the ultimate protector of the things that he has placed in our care. But when we value something, we invest time into it. We invest effort into it. We protect it. We speak kindly to it and about it. When you value somebody, the way your words are spoken means actually more than what's actually spoken. When we speak to somebody with unkind words, I'll tell you what, it's almost like they can't even hear what you're saying. When we value something, we speak life over it. Do you know what, guys, men? Our children will become exactly who we've spoken them to be. Our children become exactly who we have spoken them to be. As we speak scriptures over them, as we speak life over them, as we speak these things, they, now you may not see it right away. You may be like, I haven't, it's not happening yet. I haven't seen it. But as you begin to speak it into their lives, I and mean, we have seen it over and over in our lives. We have spoken into our kids' lives and spoken them as we want them to be and as we want them to see, and they, have, and they become this. We value them. We engage with them, their hopes, their dreams, their cares, and their concerns. There's a great quote, I think it's from John Maxwell, people will not care how much you know until they know how much you care. Do you value those around you? Do you value them? Dads, are you valuing your family? Practically is this. You can ask yourself each day, did I value someone today? Did I take time to listen to them? Did I apologize to them? You know, we can apologize to our kids. 
You know how far an apology goes? I gave that testimony last, last week about Dave and his apology. You know, sometimes we think when we, when we offend or we make offense to another adult, we feel like, oh, I need to go apologize to that person. When was the last time you apologized to your kid? Just a question for you to think about. When was the last time you apologized to your son or to your daughter? If you value them, are you considering what they're watching? Are you considering what games they're playing on their phones or on your phone that they're using? Are you considering who their friends are? If you value them, you will take time and listen to them. Number two, will you sacrifice for them? Will you sacrifice for them? Will you value them? Will you sacrifice for them? John 15, 12. So that this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved. Greater love has none than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. To lay down one's life. Do you know this, I mean, guys, moms, leaders, I started this in my notes. If we would focus more on seeing those under us succeed, we would be a lot better off. If your focus was not on your own success, but your focus was on the success of those in your realm of influence, do you know that God will help you just be be a success? You don't have to worry about your own success. When we look to help other people succeed, when you look to help your kids succeed in their callings, For those who have employees, when you look at them and say, you know what, my job as your leader is to help you succeed and to do what he's called, what God is calling you to go do. It changes everything. And too often we, as leaders, we think about our own responsibility, say, well, I need to do this and I need to do that. But if we turned our attention off of ourselves and turned it to saying, how can I help this person be successful? It begins to change everything in our lives. I've seen this before. I've read it. It's something for you guys to think about. Is when our children, our employees, those who are around you, your sphere of influence, is your ceiling their floor? Think about that for a minute. Is your ceiling where you can get to, is that their floor? Meaning they are going to be on your shoulders going to the next level. And if we could begin to think that way about the people around us and begin to sacrifice our wants, our desires, our wills, our careers, our promotions for those who are under us or those who are with us, God will take care of the rest. God ends up taking care of the rest of it. Isn't that what Jesus did for us? He came and sacrificed for us and God took care of the rest. He laid his life down and then God rose him up. If we lay down our lives for those who are in our life, God will raise us up. We don't have to be worried about what it means for us if we can just focus on them. What does it mean for them? And I hope my dad's watching today because, man, my dad, happy Father's Day, Dad, he was a perfect example of this. He made sacrifice after sacrifice to spend time with me, to play wiffle ball with me, to play baseball, to play football, to play basketball, 
all of these different things he sacrificed for that. I'll never forget it. And I just thanked him the other day for it because it means so much to me. But guys, we have an opportunity to do that. Moms, we have an opportunity to do that. What does this mean practically? It means choosing to go outside and play wiffle ball instead of reading the next chapter of that book. You may not want to go outside and play wiffle ball. You may not want to go outside and play cornhole or whatever, you know, we grew up playing quates. Anybody know what quates are? Oh, look at this. Yeah, this is an eastern Pennsylvania game. I think we need to bring quates to western PA. Amen. It's not a prophetic word. I'm just saying we're probably going to buy some quates. Okay. <laughs> what, so what can we do? So are we choosing to invest in the development of those who are in our, our realm of influence? Are you, will you sacrifice and go to bed five minutes later to sit there and listen to your child and what they have to say about the day? This one's tough for me because you know what? By the end of the day, I'm just like, ugh, I just want to go to bed. I don't want to listen anymore about anything else, but anyone has to say, you know, I just want to be done with this. But you know, it's proven over and over that kids really begin to open up right first thing in the morning and right before they go to bed. So what I'm telling you is that we are missing opportunities because you know what? I'm just tired. I just want to lay down. I just want to watch whatever. I want to read whatever. Are you willing to sacrifice for those who are around you? And the last one is to train them. Do you see training as a priority in your life? Men, we are spiritual leaders of our home. Training, I think so often we don't quite understand what it looks like or what it means. But let me tell you what it means. It means what we allow today becomes accepted tomorrow. If we are not training our children in certain things and we are allowing behaviors, if in our employees we're allowing things just to slip by, because we only want to tell them what they want to hear, not what they need to hear. That what we begin to accept today becomes normal tomorrow. Church, this is happening in our society. It happens in our homes. We need to stand up and train those around us in biblical principles, in biblical values, in what it means to be obedient. When they're little, when they're young, and it's never too late, guys. It's never too late. You know, I've written this down. I've talked at many different things from a leadership perspective. Is employees fail for several reasons. I believe kids have challenges for several reasons. And it's almost always not because they're bad people. It's because there are unclear expectations, not enough resources, or not enough training. This is why people fail in their jobs. It was unclear what they were supposed to go do. They did not have enough resources to do their job, or they actually weren't trained to do their job. And we, as leaders of our homes and of our families, we need to see our children that way. They're acting up. They're not, what, do they understand the expectation that we have on them? Have they been trained to do the actual job, or do we just yell at them when they don't do it right? Are we training our children? Sometimes they need course correction. Sometimes they need to have a better understanding of what's expected. Do they know how to ask somebody for forgiveness? 
Do they know how to study the Bible? I mean, I have to ask myself that. Pastor of the church, do my kids know how to study the Bible on their own? Do those people that God has put in my sphere of influence, do they know how to study the Bible? These are things he's calling us as leaders to be able to go do. We are, whether we know it or not, leading more by what we do than by what we say. So practically, have we empowered somebody today to reach their full potential? There's a simple method here on how we can do it. It goes like this. It says, watch me do it. Do it with me. You do it, and I'll watch, and now do it on your own. It's a very simple process. But those who we're training, those in our lives, even our children, they have to see us do it. We have to do it alongside them. We have to allow them to do it, and then we coach them in what they're doing, and then we have to allow them to do it on their own. I think too often as leaders and as parents, we do for those who are in our realm of influence what they should be doing for themselves. Let me say that again. Too often we do for those others what they need to be doing for themselves. He said, well, you just said sacrifice for them. You just said value them. Yeah, actually loving them and sacrificing them is making them do the things that they need to go do. You know, sometimes we pray and we ask for God to move in our life and we say, God, I need you to do this. God, I need you to do this. God, I need you to do this. And he's often saying, I've given you the power and authority to actually do it. Why don't you do it? He gave us the authority to bound and to loosen. He gave us so much authority in just the same way in our lives. Are we doing for our kids what they should be doing for themselves? Are we doing for our employees what they should be doing for themselves? And when we do that, we're actually hurting them. We're not actually not allowing them to step up and to be the person who God has called them to be. To fulfill the, the, the need that might be in the family. We have a practical example of this, man. I, I'll tell you what, man, I can do dishes with the best of them. I mean, I can, do so, I can do dishes quick. I can do dishes well. I've been doing dishes, like, for so many years. And finally we realized, was like, hold on a second. There are very capable children in this family who can be doing some of these dishes. And it's not that they've never done dishes before, but it was just like this, this eye-opening experience that says, whoa, hold on a second. Why am I doing the dishes? And the kids are off, you know, reading and playing. And doing, hold on a second. Let's start bringing those who are able and capable and train them up and set a high expectation on them. Can, I think so often our youth and our kids are raised, are they're actually meeting the level of expectation we put on them, which is actually really low. Could we raise the level of expectation of those who are in our, our realm of influence? Worship team, if you guys could just come back up here, we're just gonna they're just gonna kind of play softly behind me. I know it's Father's Day, and I wanted to give a message that that would help you understand and under, and see both as men and as fathers how we need to lead our family. 
by valuing them, sacrificing them, and training them. But I wanted this to be applicable to every person that was sitting here, no matter your age. Because God has callings on our life. He has things that he's asked you to go do. Things that he is calling us to go do. And it's only by the power of the Holy Spirit that he can help us get there. I want to tell you this, guys. It's never too late. I encourage you to take one step today. Whatever it might be, of all the things I've said, whether it be valuing somebody more, sacrificing for somebody, training somebody, apologizing to somebody, going outside for an extra five minutes, listening to them for an extra three minutes before they go to bed, whatever it might be, I ask that the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you in taking one step closer to being the leader that he's called each and every one of us to be. I just feel a sense I just want to pray for you guys today. I know the time is running late. Heavenly Father, we just come to you. Father, we thank you for everything that you've done during this service. For every challenge, for every touch of healing, for being in your presence. So Father, I ask now that you would strengthen us. Strengthen us to be leaders in our realms of influence. Strengthen us to value people. Strengthen us to sacrifice and strengthen us to train. Father, I thank you, Lord, that it's never too late. That we've all made mistakes, but you have forgiven them. And Father, we repent for the mistakes that we've made. We put them in the past, we leave them there. And we take a step into the future. We take one step closer to being the leader you've called us to be. And Father, I just thank you that you have created each and every one of us in your image with unique giftings and callings and talents. And Father, may our focus be put on others to help them reach their full potential. And you'll take care of the rest for us. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Honey, if you want to come up here. So guys, we've got, uh, we're not going to do a whole response song, but I'm going to have some prayer leaders up here, right here, here, and Liz and I will be here. I'm going to give a benediction and we'll close the service. So if you need prayer for anything in your life, I just ask that you guys come up here. The worship team maybe will just play gently in the background. But I'll read this benediction and dismiss us. But do you have anything else you want to share with us, babe? Sure. I always do. So.
you go. Okay. Just this. If you, men, if you, if you have that partner, if you have that wife, if you are in this together, then I just want to tell you, as he was talking, you see, the only way I know how to do this is just to give you the example from our own life. This guy errs on the side of love. He, he errs on the side of love. He errs on the side of doing all the dishes while we all go and do whatever we want. That's, that's, there's like this spectrum. He started in his sermon, he started with love and sacrifice and then training. I come in heavy on training and sometimes I'm light on love. And I think a lot of times now, I don't, I don't know if that's representative of most families. That wasn't the family I grew up in. In the family I grew up in, in most of the families, I, I often see the dads being heavy on the training, the rules, the respect. You know, this is how you need to be. This is the way it is. And you get a smack in the back of the head if you, if, if you don't fall in line. I mean, that's just, yeah. I don't think people really do that. I pray not. And then mom comes and it's like, oh, you know, let's love. Let's love. Let's sacrifice. Let's love. But what I want to say is that any which way, when you put them together... When you go into it together and you honestly will take counsel from one another, when you will take honest like account of what the other one brings, you know, his love softened my training. And my training got him out of the kitchen sink and said, listen, I need time with you. They can do the dishes. They can't be my husband. Let them do the dishes. Let us go for a walk. When we get back, we'll all be together as a family. And honestly, um, not that you need all these details, but we had a dishwasher that worked, and we just decided to stop using it. And the way we got the kids to do the dishes, well, we, we did dishes together as a family for at least six to nine months together before we slowly handed it over to them. This wasn't something that we just, well, Pastor Jason said we need to train the kids. All right, you're going to do the dishes from now on. That is not love and sacrifice. It is, you can't go down one avenue without going down all the avenues, you know. Um, so I just, that, that was all I wanted to add is that you're not fathering by yourself. You know, you're leading, yes, but God is with you and for you. Jesus is our example, and he came in love and sacrifice first. And trained up as well. But mothers and fathers, we're doing this together. And there has to be together. Did you do it together? Did you do it together? So that's what I wanted to share. Let me just say this benediction over you guys, and then we'll release you guys to go. And if you've got a prayer request, they'll be up here to pray with you. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful... And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Can we stir up some love and good works this week, church? Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another. Exhorting one another. Dads, can we exhort our family? Encourage them this week. And so much more as you see the day approaching. The day of the coming of our Lord is what he's talking about. That day is approaching, church. We need to rise up and be who God has called us to be as leaders in our homes, in our community, and in every sphere of influence that he has placed us. So, Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for what you're doing. Pray a blessing over each person, each family, those who are watching online, those who are here. 
We thank you for all you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. You are dismissed. There's people up here for prayer.